welcome to episode 84 of Wolves Cast, the show that has more questions than answers. It's hosted by myself and my brother, I'm Neil. I'm Scott. And in studio is special guest, John Meyer. What's up, guys? Yeah, we back. We all here. Got the EIC That's in the right. building. That's right. We're all here. Editor in charge. Editor in charge, editor in chief, whatever. All those. John, Executive uh, in charge. welcome back to the Wolves Cast studio, a new Wolves Cast studio. Yes, uh, I like your new digs and... Thanks for having me over again. Yeah, we got the new spot. John and uh, Britt Robson came over to do uh, well, something of a mid-season uh, recap, I guess, last year. That, that was fun. That was, I, I think that is my favorite episode of Wolf's Cast. Yeah? I think that's my one. favorite we one. Should switch like wow. We yeah. should switch format. <laughs> 83 episodes in, I think John and Britt on the Roundtable podcast was my favorite one so far. Yeah. Well, we're all, we're all back together now, minus Britt. Britt, come back someday. We'll have you. We'll have you in they the still season. on the podcast. Yeah, it's been a while. I miss you guys. I'll let him know you guys are interested in in having him back. Yes, absolutely. Um, but today we're kicking off um, we're kicking off a, a Wolves Cast season preview series of shows we're going to do here before the season gets going. Uh, this will be the first one, and we have a couple other special shows coming up for you. Some things that are a little different from what we normally do. Today we have um, just so many questions that you know to, to get to. The season is um, is going to be. It's about a month away um, as you as you as this gets released um, here today so we're about a, we're about a week um, before training camp and media day and stuff like that and then it'll be preseason and before you know it the season will be here so I've emotionally divested myself from baseball already. okay I'm Is ready for true? the NBA yeah, season out. yeah I'm out on baseball what about playoffs well baseball playoffs I'll still watch them but okay. I, I'm done with listening to the baseball podcast I'm done with like reading baseball coverage I have already converted myself fully to this NBA season now what if the twins were in the playoffs would that be hard like, yeah that'd be a different story but they're not they're very <laughs> far away from the playoffs this year so uh, it makes it easier to not pay attention in September I can't wait to work in at least one baseball reference in this podcast yeah oh well, you know, baseballreference.com. You have already worked in a baseball reference right there. Now, John, have you have you shifted your mindset to, to get ready for the season here as it's you know coming coming up soon? Yeah, I'm still mentally I'm trying to, you know, get charged up for yeah. the long season ahead. <laughs> yes, yeah, eighty two games. It feels like I keep telling my like I keep asking myself, where did summer go? I yeah. don't even know. It's already, <laughs> you know, September and football started back up and um, Monday is media day. Uh-huh. I feel like it's still the first week of September, and we're recording this on September 17th. Right, right. So yeah, it's not. It's no. weird. September's gone by really fast. But once it starts, I think you just get in the groove of everything. You, you have to understand every single week there's going to be a ton of work to do. There's going to be news all the time. Twitter's always going to be crazy. And I think this season especially is I, – I really – honestly don't know what to expect this season well uh i I think we can you know uh spoil uh what we brought john on here for tonight which is to announce wolf's cast on canis hoopus for another year oh year two yeah i mean we didn't didn't really ask we just assumed that i just made that announcement rolling it back well i was thinking if i declared it then he couldn't take it back right yes so i've declared it now trapped we're back i was i was (laughs) hoping you guys would return okay good okay good okay good i appreciate you guys i've got a bunch of fun ideas for different posts okay we're going to bring back the digest, of course. Yes. I got some other ideas. Got to have it. I'm not going to commit to on audio yet. Yeah. So if you don't know, maybe, maybe you're new to the show. Canis Hoopus is the home of Wolf's Cast. And uh, yeah, John's uh, John's the editor over there. And he also goes to all the games and is credentialed media. So, um, and he's got he's a pretty good pickup basketball game. Oh, yeah. He's recently, Much better than mine. Recently joined our Sunday pickup game. So uh, yeah, John can... Uh, John can play, so you guys. You should I, know I have that. to work on my conditioning skills. I'll be right. the first one to admit I'm That's like a, big. I'm a Kevin Love in transition. Last one, <laughs> last one past half court, but trail three. Those are 
are my the favorite kind three. of people to play against. <laughs> yeah, because I don't have to push myself too hard. I have, I have short bursts, short bursts of energy. But yeah. yeah, it's it's fun to play with you guys. All right, let's get into the questions. We have a lot. We'll see how many we can get through. We got a speed round at the end, and then uh, Scott's got a little game for us. So we'll have little bits of typical questions on questions here. on questions. Yeah. Okay. But we we have to start with um, what is sort of the biggest overall question, kind of looming over. Uh, the entire summer and over this season is can the Timberwolves put the drama aside? Can can we get can this cloud that's hanging over the team as we speak right now? The meeting has gone down, but we haven't heard anything. So you know we don't really know if you're listening to this later on. We don't really know where things stand right now. We've had the meeting, but uh, we don't really know. There's there's been some. Um, you know, the, apparently the team hasn't talked to each other very much. They haven't uh, come into town um, early or anything like that. There's not a lot of camaraderie happening. So, hey, man, you know, your vacation is your vacation time. You're out of the office. You're out of the office. You can't be expected to come in early or anything. I respect people taking their full vacation. But yeah, okay. So, the, so there's apparently drama. John, how do you see the drama? Who, where are the beefs? And 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 can you see this sort of stuff getting worked out? I I hope they can work it out, but yeah. and I don't even know really what to make of the beef set. I don't know yeah. who likes who. I don't know who dislikes who. Right. All we know is a ton of rumors all summer about you know Cat has problems with Tibbs, Jimmy has problems with Cat and Wigs, <laughs> Tibbs has problems with Glenn Taylor. Guy, Glenn Taylor. <laughs> well, Glenn Taylor has problems with Tibbs. Tibbs. Everyone has problems with not playing defense. And, Tibbs has problems <laughs> with uh, leading a normal life with uh, average amount of times proportioned to different activities. Yes, yes. He doesn't have a Debbie in his life. Uh, <laughs> Poor Debs. I honestly, I'm not sure that that's the, the perfect way to lead this podcast off talking about the season because we are going to have to figure out real quick, are these guys going to be able to get on the same page? You know, they had the meeting today. I guess it was Jimmy's first time in Minnesota since the season ended. Wow. Uh, you would like to see him here maybe once. I get it. It's his vacation. He was doing a lot of traveling overseas. He was going to a, a ton of different places, and, and that's fine. you got to recharge the batteries for this long season ahead. Uh, I would just like to know, I think, sooner or later. Like, it's it's a little bit shocking to me that these things weren't handled two or three months ago. If they were having these troubles and you just sweep it under the rug, can you really expect it to be fine again in September? And I think historically, this is where I've had problems with the Timberwolves is I think we're really slow to react to information that we previously might have had that maybe these guys, you know, Towns, Wigs, Towns, maybe they don't really fit together because, you know, Jimmy, if you you guys know Jimmy, you've heard him plenty of times. I personally know him. (laughs) Well, you know his mindset, I think. Yes. And just how demanding he is. And if you don't put in that effort and grind like he does, then I I do think that, you know, he, he tends to just have a certain feeling towards you. I think there's a reason that him and Tyus are real cool with each other because Jimmy looks at Tyus as a grinder trying, you know, he's doing anything he can to hopefully become a starting point guard in this league. And he looks at him as an underdog. Nothing was given to Tyus, just like nothing was given to Jimmy. Whereas everything has been given to Wiggins and Towns, for better or for worse. And I think that's where the beef kind of starts is that he looks at Towns and Wiggins, both number one picks. Um, There's been some, you know, speculation about just, obviously everyone talks about how much they play video games, but I think it's more of like a metaphor for like, how much are they really putting into this craft? Are they just getting by because they're that damn good? Or are they getting up at five in the morning like Jimmy and working out and grinding to be the best they can? My theory is that he looks at them and he doesn't see that kind of dedication and devotion to the craft. Now, I don't know if that's where 
all their problems that's like right the root well some yes. of it you know i think some of it is you know reasonable whereas i think everyone wants every player on their team to have jimmy's mindset because that is just a beautiful mindset of work hard never take anything for granted but honestly cat and wiggins have never reached a point in their career where they haven't gotten the accolades like they beat both one rookie of the year cat uh, wiggins got his max extension cat's gonna get his max extension like the the most like slights either of them have ever had in their career was that they didn't Bad make all-star defense. at some yeah. point, you know? Or like, yeah, I think a real wake-up call was when people in the national media last year started trashing Cat's defense. Yeah, Cat was like, oh my God, yeah. people aren't in love with me anymore. I yeah. have to fix this reputation thing. So I think neither of them have really faced that adversity where they have to say, put up or shut up. And Jimmy's reached that point, and Tyus has reached that point, and a lot of the Bulls that uh, are now a part of our team have kind of reached that point. Um, it's interesting, though, with Jimmy's demand, I think that it's unreasonable and it's going to cause problems in every locker room he's ever in. It happened with the Hoiberg Bulls. We yep, heard about that. that. It happened here. Mm-hmm. The only time where it hasn't been in Jimmy's career that he's causing these locker room problems is when he was trying to earn his keep. When he was the young guy. When he was the young guy yeah. to Dane. So, man, that's why we brought in Lou all Dane was to say, we got to put Jimmy back in his place. I doubt it. <laughs> but that's the last time. That was literally the last time Jimmy wasn't causing problems in the locker room, seemingly. Right. You know, you could say he's causing them for a good thing, saying you got to light a fire, you know. But he's been a locker room problem ever since. And so uh, the drama is interesting. I was thinking about something I heard on the low post, Zach Lowe. You yeah. know, we're all fans here. He had Ian Thompson on the podcast. He just wrote a book about the 2010-2011 season. And they were talking about that season in a whole bunch of different ways. And they were talking about the Mavericks and how many things happened that season for the Mavericks that, to the outside eye, would be drama, problems. He talked about Dirk taking out his mouth guard when he was inbounding the ball and cussing out Cuban, telling him to oh. shut up, shut the F up. <laughs> they talked about this thing right before the playoffs where Jason Terry was getting mad at J.J. Barea because he felt like J.J. Barea wasn't passing it. And the whole team came together and were like, yo, we can't be sniping at each other right before the playoffs. We have to get together. And to the outside, this kind of drama is what NBA sports writers would be like, this is a sign of a team that's not going to go far. But all the Mavs after the season said, these are the moments that really drew us together. So it just makes me rethink the drama in a little bit. Because we always say drama in the clubhouse, that's unhealthy. But maybe a little bit of drama, if we can fix it, brings the team closer together. Right. And what we have to think of now is there's no game. So like this is all we have. So I think... You know, again, speaking to what John was talking about, it's so hard to talk about because we don't know what's real and what's where is it coming from. It's not from. even players saying this to other players. It's players' agents saying it about other agents. Yeah. It's all so you know. When there's not games to sort of like actually, which is actually what matters, we just kind of dwell on this talk and all this drama stuff. And so I think you're right that there is an element of like it's August, it's September, it's you know the dog days of of, of the NBA season. We're just waiting for this all to happen. It's probably not as bad as we think it is. It's not that it's not bad, but it's probably not like. A catastrophic as we're saying it is and there's probably a little bit of that where it can come around and they can fix this and they can hopefully square things up before the season well starts. i definitely think there's fire to the smoke you right. know i used to yep. think maybe these are all rumors who knows what's going on in the clubhouse but now i think it's been sustained enough that we can think that there is actually some tension there but maybe in year two where you're playing together, some of that tension gets paved away. Some of the stuff that came up in year one when you're not used to playing each other, maybe in year two, you know, this is maybe the first year of Cat's career where he has a second consecutive year with the same team. Maybe, uh, you know, playing together for a second year will have some of that cohesion that was missing. Yeah, I, I, I do wonder how big the issues are. I'm not naive. I think there are problems. I think we would be lying to ourselves if we said there weren't issues because just I've done this for long enough. There is so much smoke around this stuff that like something is there to what degree and, and to 
the parties involved? It's hard to say. I guess I think the way that the New Wolves order, Tibbs and Layden, run things down at Mayo Clinic Square with the fortress built around it, it does uh, lend to, uh, like, people, their imagination can run wild when they're given nothing, There's nothing no to information. Go yeah. right? The internet is great at running wild with their imagination. <laughs> yeah. And so they don't comment on anything. They don't, that's just like their process. Like, that's how they run it. We don't comment on rumors. And, you know, they don't make tons of public appearances where they're talking. Like, you know, Flip always did that stuff. So it was easier to... No Friday Funkadelic. Right. It was easier to know that Flip was in love with Julio Okafor because he told so many people that he was in love with Julio Okafor. And that was like, well, we got to talk Flip out of this because Cat's the best player in this draft. Easy. But I think with shouts these two... Yeah, shouts to Flip. With these two, it's so hard. And I think this is where our fan base, like, we get we get a national rumor and then we're just like, we make up all this stuff like... What's going on? And I think people maybe are, to varying degrees, are correct. I just don't know how serious it really is. But Jimmy's in the last year of his deal. Okay, this was always going to come be a weird year. It yeah. was always going to come to a head in yeah. some form. Okay, yeah. Andrew makes one hundred forty-eight million dollars. He's not worth that kind of money. Yeah, Cat yeah. is up for the five-year extension. This was always going to. This was always down the pipeline. Maybe not to like this guy hates this guy. This kind of stuff. And I think that the way Tibbs designed this team. Like you'd be silly not to think that he he created these factions, right? Sure. Right. Old old guard, new guard, yeah. Bulls, wolves, and I think that that maybe he did not put enough thought into that division he could cause with his roster management. Well, I think this bridges to a, uh, another question we had, and it's the point that I've been wondering. The question we had on the sheet on our pre-show doc are the Dane, Luol Dane, and Derek Rose signings just more ammo for Tibbs' side in the old guard versus the rising stars war, whereas maybe the clubhouse was divided Tibbs, Jimmy, and Taj versus the younger guys, Wiggins and Cat, who are just happy to be stars right now. They don't care about the winning at a high level the same way Jimmy might and Taj might. But I also think, like, is there a possibility that Tibbs signed Jane or Dane, Luol Dane, Dane. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of those Jane guys, Dang. and Derek Rose, because maybe in a sense he said, year one, these guys aren't hearing me. Year two, let me bring in Jimmy Butler and Taj Gibson, guys that know my system who might be able to communicate it to the kids. The kids didn't get it enough year two. Maybe if we bring in Luol Dane, the guy who communicated to Jimmy Butler when Jimmy Butler was a rookie, maybe Dane is the guy we need to be that communication bridge to finally get my message to these younger guys because obviously Butler and Gibson weren't enough. So maybe these extra bulls, these timber bulls, as you will, are brought in to help Thibodeau communicate the message. Maybe he feels like he needs an extra messenger to get that point across. Yeah, seems like he's going all in on the idea, you know. Like, well, there's two different ways of looking. Is he's is he signing Timberwolves to have his faction have more dissenting voices to shout down Cat and Wiggins, or did he sign these extra Timberwolves to help communicate it more? You know, do you do you think he did it to build up his case, or do you think he did it as another way to try and communicate his ideas to the younger? It's kind of like the same way of looking at. It. There's two different ways of looking at the same kind of idea, right? You want the message to get across, right? So yeah, yeah. it's an interesting thing to think about. I right. I think. Luol Deng, I, he seems like a great veteran. Always, people have always spoke highly of him in, as yeah. a locker room guy, and he's he's very professional. If he has some positive minutes still in those legs, he can communicate Tibbs's philosophy, his system. It's who do you expect to walk through that door in September on a veterans minimum deal? I think it's easy to get blown. It's easy for fan the fan base to get carried away or the national media with the Timberwolves narrative. And I get it; it's a lot of Bulls players, but. 
we're not giving up a lot to get those guys. Right. I mean, the Jimmy Butler trade, by all accounts, was great. I know people will argue that now, but still. I will still say we didn't give up much to get Jimmy Butler. I mean, Butler. Zach Levine, do you want $75 million no. on the books? <laughs> That's what I said. We didn't give up much. I don't want Chris Dunn on my team. I don't want right. Zach making the money he I did. Mean, to me, it's, it's really... Laurie Markkinen is the guy that, yeah, that's the guy that you think about. Well, most... And if Justin Patton didn't break both of his feet, we might just say Justin yeah. Patton's as good it's as Markkinen, yeah. you know? So I still don't regret that trade. I think the cost was low to acquire Butler. The cost was low to acquire Rose and Dane. The only guy we shelled out for was Tosh, and he was worth that money last year. Right. You just, you do hope that it's not, it doesn't become that feeling in the locker room. And I guess, honestly, when I was in it last year, I didn't really, I didn't really feel like it was creating that much division until I guess maybe I stepped away from it a little bit and thought about it more, but it didn't feel like that last year. So then I kind of have to ask myself, like, how real is this? Yeah. Is it just our minds run wild and we, we think of these things in different ways? Cause I, I guess I didn't, you saw little things like, honestly, I thought, just straight up, I thought Butler was going to rip Wiggins' head off a lot more than Cat, Towns right. ever mm-hmm. last year. Yeah, and so when I see a lot of this, of course it's the NBA. They're going to do this. They're going to drum up the the beef between the two stars. Just straight up last year, I thought Wiggins and Butler were the two that I was more yeah. concerned with. Well, you can't you can't drum up beef from Wiggins' camp because it's like Andrew Wiggins said what? He's just indifferent. <laughs> yeah. he, he's he's he, rich. We know he didn't say that. He's rich and indifferent. <laughs> um, so I just I question that. I don't mind. I think you know. I, I'm not a huge fan of Derrick Rose. I think that it hurts, you know, improving Tyus Jones's value. And I think he was, a, Tyus Jones to me seemed a little bit salty with that. Uh, but the dang move, I like it a lot. I don't, I don't see, we need a guy like that on the bench. If you get anything out of him, I think it's worth it. If not, eat the money, say goodbye. After and this and by all accounts, also, he was not promised minutes, you know, unlike Jamal Crawford last year, who apparently was. Right. The Dang is is going to be someone who's going to be behind. He's not going to be in this, even this, even the backup crew for most of the folks this season. I'm not worried about Tyus, though. He's proven his whole career. You put a chip on his shoulder, he'll perform. So he's going to show up. He'll be fine, yeah, even yeah, with this. Yeah. Uh, I wonder, though, with the drama, I feel like in the clubhouse, you say you didn't experience it because I feel that winning does a big smooth sure. over a lot if you're yeah, winning. fixes it. And for the most part, last season, the Timberwolves were a third seed, and yeah. they were on their way to over 50 wins. Butler missed at 20 games, and so we ended up at 47 wins. But if you're winning 50 games a season, I just think that that will heal a lot of the wounds. And maybe you're disappointed with how the season ended. Maybe you resent the fact that you had to play game 82 to get in, and then you felt like you could have done better against the Rockets. And so maybe that's why guys are a little salty in the offseason, being like, oh, I don't know if this is the right situation. But I think during the course of the season, everyone was like, hey, we're winning a lot of games. You know, We can work this out. And I think that could happen again. Speaking of winning games, let's go on to the next question here. What what defines success for this upcoming Timberwolves season? You well, know, the Merriam-Webster dictionary defines success. <laughs> no, I didn't look it up. Well, you know, some, for some, that might be an amount of wins. It could be making the playoffs. It could be certain, um, you know, achievements for, you know, or, or growth from maybe Towns or some of the younger players. But I don't know. Where, where are we right now as far as what we would consider um, a successful season um, from the Wolves? I just from, noticed from, this today. I, I want to shout out. We like to shout out. We have no competitors. We're all community here. We're all friends. I noticed a wolf with a, among wolves yes. had a post about what how we achieve success. Okay. I, it was after I wrote this question for the pod document. I didn't rip them <laughs> off, but they kind of went into it. So if you want to explore this topic a little more, you can check it out. Check that. it out. But uh, I think success, if we don't make the playoffs, it's not a success, right? Like that's the baseline. That's the, that's the minimum. Even if 
Even a crowded, okay. crazy what if West. This, though? What if this happens? What, what if, if we were on Denver's what side? What if we win 49 games and don't make the playoffs? That's what I mean. Like, you know? what if you were like Denver last year? Like, is like Denver's last season like a, a success or, a, a, you know, an unsuccessful season because they miss the playoffs? Or, you know, I don't know. That That's where it's hard because it's going to be that close again. I mean, it might even be closer. But I think at the end of the season, whether you want to re-sign Jimmy or not or whether you want to test free agents, if you don't make the playoffs, it's hard to attract people. So I yeah. think, like... Making the playoffs is kind of the base, the bare minimum for people, for most people, to judge whether this is a successful season or not. What do you think, John? I think if they won fifty some games and won a playoff series, and things just exploded, yeah. people still wouldn't call it a success. <laughs> oh well. And so you mean I, exploded in what way? Um, just like. The turmoil became I see, so yeah. great. In a bad we way. win 50 In games, we get to the second round of the playoffs, but at the end of the season, everyone's Everybody like, we're not other. coming back unless some people are gone. Yeah, and like, just the, I think the relationships got so toxic to a point that you're just like, uh, yeah, we're going to blow this whole thing up. Cause, yeah. So to you, it's less about the wins and about the playoffs uh, and if, more about the like vibe of the team. Let, I, me, let me pose a scenario. What if Towns, first time his career gets injured, misses 30 games, Butler misses his normal 20 games, and so we end up not making the playoffs. We only win 42 because our main, our two best players missed a large chunk of the season. And yet the chemistry was great at the end of the season. Like everyone's like, we love each other. We didn't make the playoffs though. Would that be a success? Good, yeah. Uh, it, that's, it's hard to say. Yeah. Because like, it's not like you guys said, if you don't make the playoffs, I don't, you can't really consider it a, a success. But if the relationships and the team came together, all that stuff happened, you felt more of like that Utah Jazz kind of vibe around the team. Like, yeah. what is that's what I'm looking for. I want to see like I know people might say it's silly, but like a kumbaya kind of like, hey, we're we're cool with each other. Right. We're excited. That's what for having Ricky success. Rubio in your locker room will do for well, you. And that's yes, and that, that sort of stuff. Alexi, change change his face. Be happy. Enjoy. And that stuff to me is great because it speaks to like a larger organizational sort of like good thing that's happening. It's like you can get wins, you get the playoffs with just a good team and just like, okay, that's one thing. But the other stuff, the off the court stuff speaks to sort of like the character of the guys you have and the organization that they're in. And are they happy in that way? So, yeah, success can be measured on the court, but then off the court is as important in a lot of ways, too, because it just means you have a healthy organization. Yeah. One one thing, too, is like. If Carl doesn't sign the five-year max contract, I, I don't really care what happens in the season. I would say it's a failure. So you have to do that. I also yep. think not signing uh, Tyus Jones to a contract extension, which I I pretty much doubt he will do before the deadline right. for the rookie contract extension, I think that's a mistake because I think he should be the starting point guard next season and you could get him at a discounted rate. If, yep. if we don't sign him, is he an unrestricted free agent? No, just restricted. No, restricted. Yeah. I feel like that's Still not the worst control. decision because I think that the league is point guard rich where everyone has their starting point guard and half the teams have a backup point guard they like. So as much as I love Tyus and I think he needs to stay here, I, I, I might take that risk in letting him unrestricted free agent. Worst case scenario, you can match somebody. Yes. But I don't see any team throwing big money at it's Tyus so Jones. Hard to call at this point before the season because I remember back to like the Gorgie Jang extension. Yep. We were all about uh, we it preseason, and we then by the, by the time the restricted free agency came around, we were like, we wish we would have waited. So it's like it's it's hard to call in the moment. But what you're saying is like one way or the other, make sure you keep this guy. Yeah, I would I would think it. 
I would say it would be a huge failure on the organization's yeah. part if if Tyus Jones wasn't. And I know you've Je- developed him for all these years. Yeah, and I'm I'm a really big believer in him. I think he can run an NBA offense, and I think he still has a lot more growth in his game, especially once he wants decides to start shooting the ball more. I think the only silver lining to us not giving him any minutes is that it's decreased his value. Right. You know, you like be we secret. have snubbed him for so many so years that at this down. point we're trying to keep him a secret. Tyus, is, I mean, he's stones for a reason. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge fan, and I think some of the smarter teams in the in the league would definitely give him forty million dollars and not even like. But let's let's talk about it. the smarter teams in the league. The Celtics are pretty smart. Oh wait, they've got so many point guards. <laughs> you know, it's just like talk about the smart teams in the league. They're already filled up at the point the guard, guard position. Heavy league, yep. So um, fair points. Yeah, all fair points. Okay, I, I like uh, one more idea of success. What if like top line level we fail? The chemistry's bad. We don't make the playoffs for whatever reason. But Okogi and KBD, Kenta Bates, <laughs> Jap. What if they have like a you know a uh, Jason Tatum like season? Oh, like one of them really we're, pops. We're like you know what we failed at the major league level, but we see we actually have a future with these guys. We got some future stars. Like we have an all rookie team player. As long room. as we keep uh, like you said, Cat and Tyus. Even if we failed and we saw that like whoa, these guys we drafted are some stars in the making. Maybe I would consider that it's true. We got two two rookies now. You know, Patton's down, and you know, especially who knows uh, he's come back. But if you still get two rookies. if you get a rookie on a, a second round pick contract, oh yeah, that is the key to uh, big success. In the for, NBA. for me, at the end of the day, a, a successful season just looks like we have a lot more clarity yeah. around what the future looks like from two to three to four years down the road. And because I think right now there's so much up in the air. But is is Tibbs going to be around? Is Jimmy going to be around? All these guys are on one-year deals, so I just think a success would be making the playoffs and having you know Cat locked up, and then having a better idea of like this is what our team looks like down the road, and we feel good about it. So I think what we've we've come to before we move on, I think we've uh, kind of agreed our general consensus of a successful season is something that leaves a strong foundation for future success. Yeah, we're less. We're I think we're all three of us are a little less worried about what we do this season, and we're more focused on the foundation and whether we can have a strong core with this team moving forward. Yeah, because it's all about it's all about Towns and keeping him happy. I mean, we, we went through this with Kevin Love. I mean, obviously Towns is going to be better than him, but just keep your keep your best player and your future your your team happy, please. All right, we're going to keep it moving. Um, this one's kind of looking back uh, on last year's team. Uh, departed players. Which departed player will you miss most, John? Who who from last season who's no longer here will you miss most? We got Crawford, yeah. Bielitsa, Cole Aldrich. Who else is not? Who else is not back uh, this Marcus, year? Marcus, uh, Georges Hunt. No, no, gorgeous oh. hunk. Okay, gorgeous, gorgeous hunk. hunk. Yes, <laughs> Aaron yes. Brooks. Aaron Brooks no longer with us. Who, who do you miss and, and why? I will miss Belly the most. Belly for, for sure. Yep. I. You know, Belly, I dug my grave so deep on Belly so many times that I just, I'm still a fanboy of him. But I I really do think, you know, he has battled injuries and he's, he pump fakes the hell out of the ball and and stuff. But I just think he's, he really was a nice fit next to Towns. And I thought if he just got a little bit bump in minutes and his, he did seem to have like, you guys remember how he started last season. He was leading yeah. in true shooting percentage for was great. a good portion of the start of the season. A streaky player. And he was firing. He was just firing away from deep. And so I guess I'll miss him. I, I did support him, and I liked seeing his evolution on the Wolves. And I do think he, he's going to Sacramento, so I have no idea how that's going to play out. But Probably not well. Probably not well, but I'll, I'll miss Belly. Me too. 
Nemanja Bijelica. Belly's the answer here. I mean, uh, you know, especially for on the court stuff, you could argue maybe other players were off the court, but Belly, you know, he never really could put it all together. Never really totally got that confidence going. I think Tolliver is going to make us miss him uh, less. You know, we're gonna we're gonna fall in love with Tolliver, I think, this year, and and sort of the differences in his game. But I think that's that's kind of the answer. Scott, do you have a different one to go with? I was with? on the streets. You have a different one. You get, He's no punk. You can go with Crawford. You can go with nah. Cole. Yeah, it's got to be Belly. I, I, I can't say Crawford because at least when Belly came on the court, I was like, I have hopes for him to be a better player than he is right yeah, now. Yeah, I was like, with what Crawford, if? you know what you're going to get. And with Cole Aldrich, my wife is his mortal enemy. So we just yeah. have, I you can't, can't be say on the record. You can't be on you the know? record. Yeah. So I'm going to say Belly because I always, you know, he would tantalize us. And I think that might be his, his ceiling is a guy who's really hot for 12 games at a time, then cold for 20, and then hot for 12. And, you know, <laughs> I think that just might be him. But he always gave me hope. And I always felt like when he was right, you the ceiling of this team, you could see it rising. Yeah. Belly, hope you have a good time in Sacramento. Hope you get three elites. <laughs> All the drops one last time. Those are going to use them. Those Gotta are going away them. soon. Um, all right, next question. Uh, which player is most likely to regress from last year? Who's going to be a little bit worse? Like maybe who who played over their head last year? I think I'll start with Taj Gibson. Unfortunately, it's Taj Gibson probably had the best season of his career last year. I don't know that he's going to fall much, but I just don't know if we can expect that kind of production from him again. He was out of this world. Um, I guess on the on the good side, he kind of, I don't know, it's not like he's like ultra-athletic or whatever. He kind of just like does his work and is kind of like you're saying a grinder out there and, you know, does everything right to, you know, get in position for rebounds and um, stuff like that. So, I don't know, I think, but I think Taj is, is who I will say for a guy who's going to regress. Best case scenario, I could see Taj doing the same, but in less games. Mm. He played 82. Wow. He's only done that once in his career. Wow. This. So I would say like I could see Taj just regressing from the fact that he can't play the same minutes and games that he did last year. Yeah, yeah, I think Taj is the right answer. I, I don't have the. Sh- I know his shooting numbers are going to decrease because they were all career highs last year and they were out of this world. I think he shot like seventy-seven percent from zero to three, just an absurd number. And on two pointers, I think his he was like ten percent over his career average. So. The regression is there yeah. for sure in the shooting department. And to your point, Scott, he played all 82 last year. I thought he looked tired down the stretch. Like the last oh. 10 games of the season, I thought he looked real tired in the locker room. He'd have just his feet in ice, his knees in ice. He just looked exhausted. And he's he looked not, tired in the playoffs. He's not supposed to play that many minutes, so of course. No, but that's going to be a good thing for the Wolves, I think. If you could get that number down to like 22 minutes... And, then, and we should. Yes. With yes. the kind of depth yeah. we've given. If we're playing Tolliver, and even if you're giving Luol Dane some four minutes, Taj should play less minutes. Yeah, I think. And again, I think that's the thing about some huge. of these signings. It's like our bench was so bad last year. If these new signings can just take some minutes from our starters, that would be enough for the you know the, the cost we paid for them. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so we're saying Taj. Anybody else? I mean, maybe um, I, I have mine. It's different. Oh, but I will say about Taj uh, looking tired down the stretch. Always remember, everybody, game 82 against the Nuggets. <laughs> Time running out in regulation. Oh, Taj guarded that guy all the way into the corner. The denied ball. a good shot. Nikola Jokic. He oh. saved the season for us. It was, it was right in front of me, but I couldn't see it because the whole bench was standing up. And <laughs> so so I was, I was, Team I was, Unity. Yeah. The league's only 67. Right. Cole Aldridge with his mouth guard on his left ear right in front <laughs> right. of me. And I just look it up at the, Yeah, I'm looking at the video board, and, I, and I'm like, I think my hands are over my face because I just don't even know. Like I'm like, no one can see my reaction to this because oh. 
it's an so iconic, nervous. It's an iconic Tim Rolls moment, regardless uh, of how montage is with this team. It. Iconic, yeah. 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 It. I will say Derrick Rose because okay. people right now think that Derrick Rose can Stock be an NBA high. player. Stock is high. Right from now, the people are like, "Did you see him in the playoffs?" Derrick Rose is an NBA player again. I don't think he is coming so, back to earth. That's what I'm saying. Is Derrick Rose is my answer? That guy looked serviceable for five or six games last season, and now everyone's like, "Yep, he's a sure thing." Bank it. Nope. 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 I, you, you know how I don't care about your basketball opinion if you cite a, a few games yeah. as to reasons All why. Sample, yeah. I mean, come on. Yes, he he flashed a little bit against the Rockets. At the end of the day, his usage percentage is going to be terribly high. He's mm. going to take shots away from guys that can be more efficient. I don't really care what Rose does because he needs to make other players better. I was thinking this about Rose. The best thing I can say about Rose this season is that he's slightly less selfish than Shabazz Muhammad. Like he, <laughs> right. He's, he's like Shabazz, Shabazz. Where like if you pass Rose the ball... Nine times out of ten, he's shooting it. Yeah. He's not going to pass it. Yeah. But unlike Shabazz, who's ten times out of ten shooting it, yeah. Rose has still a little <laughs> bit of the point guard instinct, so he mm. might pass it once in a while, and he might try once in a while on defense, which is what Shabazz wouldn't. So right. I'm saying like maybe he is an A-plus version of Shabazz. That's a good uh, transition to another question of how many games will Rose play uh, or, or even Butler? I mean, these are two guys who have battled injuries. Rose much more so, obviously, but, you know, Rose, you know, in New York and, you know, and then in Cleveland before he came here last year, injuries all the time. That's the other thing about Rose in, in, in a regression argument is like he's not going to be able to stay on the floor. Like, that's huge. You need that. And so, I don't know. What do we do? We build in, like you're saying, do we build in 20 games for Jimmy and do we build in. 40 games for Rose here. Well, here's for with Rose. Out. With Rose, not only have to build in the injury time, you have to build in the time that he leaves the team without permission. <laughs> the sabbatical time. The sabbatical. I, I'm calling it February. Yeah. February sabbatical. He, he okay, left, he left really the cold. Knicks without permission. He left the Cavs without permission. So I'm guessing, yes, there will be a sabbatical time. But do but, you guys, January or February? I'll say February. Uh, I don't know. January. The, Actually, no. I, yeah. That I, is hard. I think he'll February, crack. At least you get the all-star he'll, break. He'll crack earlier than later. Maybe he leaves in, <laughs> yeah. in, in January and comes I'll back January. in late. February. Yeah, I'll take January. And, and, um, and I honestly, I feel bad for any athlete that has to deal with those kind of injuries over and over. I mean, uh, I, yeah. I genuinely do yeah, feel bad for those guys, and yeah. so I don't want to like come not off trust like, your body and stuff. Right. I'm not insensitive. I I want every guy to get the most out of his body, and I I do feel bad for him that his body has betrayed him a lot of times. Wolfscast However, is on the record of yeah. turning injuries off in every video. Every <laughs> I definitely do that. Yeah, but I definitely think you got to say like 60 games. It yeah. see, feels about right. More I think realistic. he played 62, 66 in New York, and you know Tibbs keeps saying, Derek, this is a first summer. He's been healthy. He's been able to work out, yada, yada, yada. I, I don't know. I just feel like we'd be lying to ourselves if we if we said he was going to be there all season. My answer is Derek will play 40 games. Jimmy will play 76 unhealthy games. I think Ooh. Jimmy will get injured and play through it because this is his contract year, and he'll be very less than what he is. He's clearly going to be injured and playing through an injury. He won't be as effective, but he'll force his way to like 20 inefficient points a game because he knows he has to play the games to get his contract. So I predict 40 for Rose, 76 injured games for Jimmy. Next question is... Neil, uh, you didn't give us your predictions. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm going to say, I'm gonna say uh, yeah, Jimmy He's good for uh, 70, uh, you know, and uh, yeah, D Rose, he's going to miss half the season. He's going to play 40 games. Right. Um, next question is, is specifically for Scott. 
He put this one in here. Will Crunch debut any new bits or stick to the tired old ones? Scott Scott has a has a uh, you know uh, you know a little bit of an issue here with the repetition that we're seeing out of our favorite mascot and his antics during the games. We've seen we've seen it's a lot of the like same stuff. It's just like one of those things, Neil. Where you want like, some variety? If you go to three games a season, you might see Crunch do something different every game. Uh-huh, but it's uh-huh. been so many years now. Uh huh. Let's go through some Crunch facts. Height six feet. <laughs> ground to the tip of his ears. <laughs> Good. Weight 190. His vertical jump, 15 feet wow. with trampoline. Crunch's favorite movie is Dances with Wolves. His favorite book is Call of the Wild. His favorite dunk is the Inside Out Flying Dutchman. His favorite type of music, classic rock. All right. And his favorite pregame meal is bacon-wrapped bacon. These are some Crunch facts. And I say that just to give you something interesting because I don't think Crunch will introduce anything new. <laughs> Ever since the Klondike bar challenge went away, Crunch has been phoning it in and having no consequences. And he's still doing the slide down the stairs even though he crashed into Carl's dad's knee. And that might be the number one reason Carl Anthony Towns doesn't want to be with the Wolves is because Crunch busted up his dad's knee. So I don't think Crunch will do anything different because the mascot industry is an industry of complacency. Wow. There you go. That was amazing. Argue with me if you want. I don't think it's going to change. I'm trying to think of like what would be a reason why they would introduce new things. Like New Jersey, as we saw it last year, like even with the new like throwbacks this year, I can't imagine they'll do too much with that. I don't know. You almost need like new personnel and like just the make new like pop stuff. culture references. Do a Stranger Things bit, Crunch. Okay. You're still doing yeah. the same. I'm chasing a bird mascot on Thanksgiving with a rifle bit. Come on, <laughs> yeah, the just hawks. Change it up. Yeah, the hawks and stuff. We need some more stuff. We'll submit some ideas. If you Crunch, any, you might think nobody's watching, but I am. Tweet at us if you have any ideas for uh, some new things that uh, Crunch can do. There, you know, you know, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see what those. All right, let's hit our next question. What do you want to do? Uh, we don't. So the Timberwolves have already announced four jerseys for the upcoming season. We got the blue, we got the white, we got the green, we got the classic KG era throwback '97. And yet, two more jerseys are still to come. Apparently, two more are happening. Um, So the question is: We need city jerseys, city jerseys to replace the old gray. The question is: What? Do you think the two jerseys will look like? Maybe you don't know anything, but what are your guesses? I don't know what they'll look like. And the problem is, is like all the colors are already covered. Like gray was like a cool, like, oh yeah, this works. But gray isn't covered now. Right. So is it going to be, is the new city jersey going to be like just sort of like a revision of last year's city jersey? Or are they going to go totally outside of that and have, I don't know. Do you think they would like, do you think something like, uh, you know, I don't know, like a, like one of their themed weeks counts as like a jersey? Like, are they going to do... Sure, if they like did a, a Los Wolves jersey, Los it, w- Wolves. it would be, but I don't think they're going to do Or like do a that. Green Week jersey where they have like a dark green or something. Like, I just don't know where the colors are going to come Traditionally, from. Traditionally, those weeks ball. are just in their shooting shirts, though. The yeah. Chinese New Year shooting shirt, you know... Yeah, so, military week shooting. Shirt. And you don't, they wouldn't do a second throwback in the same year. No, I mean, so here's my prediction. No I'll idea. get it started. Yeah, I think the city jersey will stay the same. Oh, it'll be the gray again. Just run it back. Yep, I think they're just going to run it back. Fair enough. And that because that's easy. And why not do the easy thing? Yeah. And then the last one, I'm going to say that you know we're always ahead of the trend on this podcast, and people okay. copy us and they yeah. don't give us credit. Oh, I know where you're going because maybe they thought of it on their own. Yeah, and not sure. From our sure. Wink, wink. Purple. 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 Purple's happening. Yep. Aurora purple. Prince style where they do like twin. I, I mean, don't, I mean, I don't I think mean that, twin style where they have Prince logos on their stuff. Twins have done it poorly. If you've been following us, and maybe I'll tweet it out again. <laughs> I've designed a Paisley purple Paisley. jersey. Yeah. It's great. Paisley. I don't think they'll do that, though. I think they'll do more of the Straight Aurora, up. the blue, green, and purple from like the, si- the northern lights kind of look. Got it. 
That's a wild card. I think one. It's a no brainer. John, you have any, you have any ideas? Well, what could they do? I really like the grain belt jerseys you designed. Oh, grain belt. Thank you. Heck yeah. That we you. should read Neil in the show notes. Will you post the I link will. to the canis? We'll put, we'll put it in there. We'll make Neil it. and I last year designed a handful of city jerseys that we thought yes. would better represent the city of Minneapolis than the gray that they had. Uh-huh. It's a very, very cool post. Yeah, we made a grain, grain belt, belt northeast and yeah. uh, first ab jerseys and some yeah. other things like that. It's so. in the archives. What other colors would even work though? I don't, I don't know. Maybe they could go back to like this little. Yeah, color. go back to like the proper like royal blue. Like yeah classic royal blue i mean that's in that's definitely like a move they have to make i just can't see them doing it in the same year that they do i'd be disappointed if they did something like those thunder navy blue with the white stripe or it was just like we're using some navy colors with white and just yeah yeah wow We'll see. It's exciting. Jerseys are important to us. So we are we big gotta, fans of jerseys. We got we got to have some jerseys. I want to get to this NBA 2K one. Which players NBA 2K score? Do you play 2K, John? Way too much. Okay, so both of you do. I don't. Yep. Which NBA 2K score will change the most during the season? Cat 91, Butler 89, Wiggins 81, Teague 79, Gibson 76, uh, Jang 75, Rose 75, Jones 74, Tolliver 74, Dang 72, Nunnally 72, uh, Okoji uh, 71, Patton 70, uh, Bates Jap 70, William 69. Who's going to change the most? Probably one of the starters, I would think. I, I, but I don't know how this stuff works. Well, so I want to give you guys a With rookies, they put it low and then they adjust because they're okay. like, we don't know what we're going to get on. And, these and how often does but this with move? Thibodeau, I don't think the rookies are going to rise in ratings a whole bunch. They do update it every week or every yeah, month. Every, or what is it? At least once a month. They'll update once a the month. Ratings. Okay, so yep. very so. often it moves. So the question is whose will change the most either drop or fall um i don't know can wiggins wiggins may be a candidate to go I, one I of those have directions di- i have two different answers we said this. gibson would be a neg- regression but he's already down at 75 i don't know i think wiggins if i if wiggins performs like i expect him to wiggins has taken a step every offseason he and even though he had some regression trying to share the ball with jimmy and that's understandable his role was compromised last year, and I still thought he added something to his game. So I expect Wiggins to add something to his game every year. I think he's better than an 81. But if I had to just put money down on it, Luol Dane has a 72 as an unre- unsigned free agent. Yeah, They ranked him as a 72 as an unsigned free agent. And that's, uh, once again, up with these people who they have no idea. Nunnally, 72. Okoge, 71. These are just guys they have no idea what so it Dang's is. So Dane's too high. So if, no, I think he's too low. Okay, so if, if Dane, he plays. If Dane ends up playing 10 minutes a game as decent, they'll raise him to like a 78 at the very least. Okay, okay. Nice. Uh, any ideas, John? Who, uh, who is he going to NBA 2K? I foresee... Uh, an increase for Tyus Jones. Jones. 74, I think he could get that up to a 78, 79, especially if he plays... Yeah, plays more minutes this year. Yeah, I think his role off the bench, he's going to get more minutes, I think. I think that... I, I hate to say this, but Jeff Teague did show some signs of wear and tear last season mm. with some lower body injuries that I do worry about as he gets older. I think he's like 30 now or 29. So, I don't know. I could see Teague maybe missing some time and that ushering like home ushering Tyus Jones to a bigger at the, role. At the very least, if Tyus unplay, outplays Rose, who's at 75, Tyus is at 74. If Tyus plays outplays Rose for a little bit, you would expect him to rise from 74 up to like 76, 77 at least. Yeah, once Ronnie 2K f- you know, gets his stuff together, he'll figure out <laughs> Tyus Jones is much better than that. It's all about pleasing the stars in the offseason. Yeah, Tyus, yes. I think he tweeted like, some like uh, an emoji that was upset after at that rating. So. <laughs> That's my favorite part about the ratings. <laughs> I'll go with all him. the players be every player 
Except LeBron, who's rated the highest every year. Every player is upset by the rating. <laughs> yeah, no one's happy. I love how much they're invested in the rating. Uh, they really, crazy. really, really care about this. It's brilliant. I it, love that. It's part brilliant. Of it. All right, next one. Um, this is another one Scott wanted to get to. We got a couple more here before we get to our speed round. Scott, do the do the team does the team have too many guys playing for their next contract? You were mentioning how as you follow the Twins, yes. this was something that happened to them this year. Do, playing for their for their next contract. So we're looking at who we're talking about here. We're talking about Butler. We're talking about Jones. We're uh, like I said. We're not competitors. We're a community. Uh, Gleeman and the Geek is the best twins podcast. They're doing great stuff. I've listened to them since day one. They had an interview with Thad Levine, one mm. of the GMs of the twins, uh, lately. And one of the interesting parts is that they noted this year the twins, the the market was so bad for free agents. The fact that it was almost collusion. I think collusion was happening. Jeez. And so at the end of this, the at the beginning of spring training, they're like, all these free agents are still out there. We can sign them to one-year deals for like nothing money and get them on our team. And so they filled themselves up with a lot of one-year contracts. And also they had a couple players like Brian Dozier, you may have heard of him, Joe Maurer, who are on the last year of their contracts. So it ended up that almost half of their team were on the final year of their contracts. And it fell apart. Uh, if you don't pay attention to baseball, the Twins underperformed severely this year. <laughs> And uh, one of the things the GM said was, I think one of the problems is we had everyone on their final year of their contract, and they weren't totally focused on sacrificing for the team. Instead, they were trying to maximize their own numbers. And so it was more about focusing on the individual rather than the team, because who can blame a guy in his contract year for trying to puff up his own stats? And lo and behold, here we are with the Timberwolves, and I think half the team is on one-year deals or at least expiring deals. Taj expires this year. Jimmy expires this year. Rose, one-year deal. Dane, one-year deal. And so we have to look at these things and be like, is that same kind of me-first attitude going to affect the Wolves locker room? And I think that's a real problem. I'm it's, worried about it's it. It's antithetical to the Tom Thibodeau uh, cliche system of, you know, play for the team, right? That's right. <laughs> if you believe Tibbs and or if you follow Tibbs, then that's not going to happen. But Andrew Wiggins know. is bought in. He's signed for the next five years. Yeah. He's bought in. But like, John, what do you think? Can this be something that is a distraction to the team, these, these short-term situations that a lot of these guys are in? It, it could be if they are only concerned with their own statistics and yeah. getting paid uh, next season and years beyond. I, I don't know if I see it to be... Actually, I think of it more of as, as a positive because I think we can pivot pretty quickly sure. after the season. Flexibility. If the train yeah. goes off the tracks and everything <laughs> explodes, we can pivot. We At least that's the one positive I'll say with Tibbs and Layden. Like they've allowed us an out pretty that's, easily. That's right. what the Twins said. We have this flexibility. Everyone <laughs> yeah. said when they signed these guys, there's nothing wrong with a one-year deal because worst-case scenario, you can just cut him. But the problem is when everyone's on a one-year deal, then the chemistry gets effed. But yeah. we're ta- what we're talking about now, though, is after the season, after the bad things happen. So the Twins now will be able to go forward without these players. Yeah, so, I mean, if everything fails for the Timberwolves, it's great that all these guys can be cut next year. Yeah. But are we setting ourselves up for failure by making sure these guys are on their last year? Potentially. Right. That's hard. Uh, yeah. Um, another one here about owner, a little more ownership um, one is how do we feel about Glenn Taylor? Uh, Glenn Taylor is someone who, you know, a few years ago talked about stepping away, talked about having a minority owner potentially come in and, and you know, take his spot and then said, no, 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 wait a minute. I'm going to actually stay on for a few more years. And um, I don't know. A lot, there's lots of different opinions about Glenn. I mean, I don't think he's amongst the worst NBA owners, but he's certainly not amongst the best. He likes to run his mouth. He's in the media a lot, um, more than most owners anyway, I think. You see more uh, interviews with Glenn Taylor than you do with most NBA owners. And the whole thing with Wiggins and looking him in his eyes last year rode people the wrong way. And 
I don't know. Now um, he's got problems with Tibbs and stuff. I, I Here's don't know. my Where take. do we stand on Glenn? I'll go first. Glenn is a bad owner. Glenn is one of the reasons why the Timberwolves can't be a top 15 franchise. We're one of the most mismanaged franchises in the NBA every year. Today's no different. But I don't know any other people who would buy this team and keep it in Minnesota. He and he, uh, he kept that's the my, team in Minnesota. That's my main yeah. thing. Like I think Glenn's keeping us from being successful, but he is keeping the team in Minnesota. Yeah. And so at the end of the day, I'm pro Glenn. Right. It's a net positive. I feel like if we sold him, if we sold this team to anywhere else, there wouldn't be a Minnesota next year. Guys, I have breaking news. All right. Hit breaking us with news. It. Hit us with it. breaking news. Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Butler has taken to Twitter. Oh, right now, oh it's always dangerous. And he has tweeted almost, uh. exactly why people need to stop believing what you see on the internet. I didn't have no damn meeting today. It's tomorrow. I wonder what else people write and people believe. Hmm. So it's not the fact that I didn't have no damn meeting today. I don't need a meeting. I'm so on the same page. He's like, no, they just got the date wrong, by, wrong. by 12 hours. Still plenty of beef and drama. It's a 24 but it's actually hour tomorrow. difference. Wow. All right, Jimmy. They wow. did, they did m- m- misrepresent my intentions. They just misrepresented my schedule. <laughs> you got you got to get the notifications on for the got to have the it for the players. main players. Yeah. Yes. All right. Well, that's good. We've been uh, we've been updated now. But uh, yeah, John, how do you feel about Glenn Taylor do, uh, as an owner what do you think I, th- I think a lot of what i would echo a lot of what scott said i i don't have like anything against glenn taylor i appreciate that he's always wanted to keep the wolves here because ever since i was a little kid the wolves were my favorite team and i'm very happy they are not in seattle or somewhere else but i do think uh i'm not sure the timberwolves can win a championship with glenn taylor as owner i don't think they can hmm. i think he uh, his heart is always in the right place, right, but like you right. said, he he always seems to say the wrong things at the wrong times, and I think he gets in the way. And for instance, if Tibbs didn't want to give Wiggins a max deal, but Glenn said you have to give Wiggs a max deal, that's a perfect example of him just getting in the way of what the people he gave a lot of money to do these things. You know that hurts the franchise, and I think that he's not a very good owner in the big scheme of things. Uh, I think he's a good person and he means well, but I, I do think I were I I'm not sure that Tim Rose could ever become a Lynx sort of team, I'm which, is, go on which the is funny because he's the owner of that too, and he gave Cheryl Reeve the role of doing both. And well, as by all once accounts, he gave played Cheryl that Reeve the role of doing both. We were had the worst season <laughs> of the past eight seasons. Oh come on! But, so but my, my question for you, Neil, because you cover the Lynx, yeah. is does he step out of the way? On the link side, a lot more. I, I, I don't really see him comment too much. I think a little bit. I mean, you hear, I hear from Cheryl, you know, in interviews and stuff that she says, you know, with roster moves and stuff, like he is informed of it and he is there. But I can definitely see a situation where he is more hands off with that side of things. Because, yeah, I mean, that's the problem of like labeling Glenn like bad at this is that like he has struck gold with, with Cheryl Reeve over, over these years. And sure, this year didn't go so well. And, you know, Sky, I think you're mostly joking with the whole GM thing. Am but, I? but The um, dual has yet to work out for but any how team. Much, but how much of that has to do with just Maya Moore is just absolutely incredible. That's what I ask myself is just if you don't have Maya Moore, I, I kind of doubt any of this happened. Yeah. And so you get lucky. You got to get lucky. And, and that's we got lucky. Yeah. We got, we got towns. Yeah. We got lucky. Yep. But so now, much of his luck. You know, I do think he needs to just get out of the way and let the, he hired this. He gave them $50 million over five years. Yeah. Tibbs and well, Lane. if Tibbs, get out of the way, if Tibbs would bring in the NBA equivalent of Sylvia Fowles, it could really help us out. Right. 
I want to tie this up real quick, because right. I think this brings us back to our first question. One more. How do we measure success? Yes. And this is one of those things where like, a lot of people, maybe for some fans who are casual or not, might measure success as, do we have a shot at the title? If not, blow it up. And I think I've seen that. And I know this is me tilting at windmills. We talk about this all the time. Me responding to the idiots on Reddit. <laughs> me responding to the idiots on Twitter when they're not representative of the fan base. But I see a lot of them kind of regarding last season as a failure in some ways. And I'm like, if the Timberwolves made the playoffs for two years in a row, that'd be a massive success for this fan base. Yeah. I think just like having a good team, Competent, yeah. even like a really good team, not a great team, but having a really good team is something that Minnesota hasn't had Except for maybe five years in the last twenty-five, you got to walk so, for like, your run. Yeah. If you're going to win fifty games, that's not a failure, no matter what. And yeah. you know, so like, if Glenn Taylor is going to be like, "Listen, we're bringing the same team back. We're going to win fifty and lose in the first round," that's not a failure to me. Because yeah. like, how many how many years, Neil, in our adult lives have we had to cheer for a winning Timberwolves team? Almost, one. yeah, just one. just very one, almost two oh, in the last love season. Yeah, only to one. me, the the sort of goal should be sort of like obviously the Spurs are the are the you know kind of golden franchise of last 20 years but even like the Mavs of of the last 15 years of like consistently winning 45 to 50 games and being in the playoffs it's just like if you're in that space every 15 years you might get a shot at winning a title and they did you know what I mean so it's like you don't have to be title contenders at all times like that's impossible especially for a small market team but it's like if you can be in in the playoffs and contending and have a shot to at least like be in the final you know few teams that's all you can really ask for hey John here's your baseball reference would you rather have an on-base percentage of a thousand or a slugging percentage of a thousand? You'd rather have an on-base percentage of a thousand. Oh, the key know. things about sabermetrics, and what I mean by that is that the Timberwolves fans always want us to blow it up and hit a home run. We need to get this team that's going to be a home run team in the conference finals, in the finals. But I think that you actually need to build a culture first of a team that's in the playoffs every single year. And so, if you get a free agent who's like, "Should I go to the Timberwolves?" They're like, "Well, they're in the playoffs every year. Maybe there, I yeah. can push it over." Yeah. We can't just do this thing where we keep blowing it up and. Be be like, well, we might be able to hit a home run if we hire a new coach and really go after this free agent instead. You yeah. know, I think you have to be really good for several seasons before you can be great. Mm. And to piggyback off that, I think now that I think about it, a wildly successful season to me would be Cat and Jimmy get on the same page. They both get their max contract extensions, and then you figure out what to do with Wiggins after the deal. Yeah, that would be wildly successful in my mind. I think the probability of that happening, from what I know today. Seems extremely low. Like it's, I would say it's under five percent, but that would be wildly successful. And just to make it even more simple, like as simple as I can possibly make it, a successful season would be if I, if I thought in my head like last season, Carl, I thought a lot of joy escaped him. Like he wasn't Mm. the same Carl. Mm. He was not. He didn't joke as much. He didn't laugh around in the locker room. Like. There wasn't that kind of immature Carl that we it was saw in the past. First but I taste thought, of backlash. <laughs> yeah, but like, and people was like, "Oh, he's got to grow up, right? You know, he's got to take this, you know, seriously and stuff." And but I thought, and I'll always remember that fifty-six point game against Atlanta. Man, after the game, he said he was sick. I don't, I don't know if he was actually sick, but there just wasn't like any joy. Mm. And I remember that game. I kept coming to commenting to Britt like Tibbs was getting mad how much he was chucking that game and Tibbs like I felt like he he really took the joy out of that performance that's the most points a player has ever scored in Wolves history and I don't think he actually had fun that game like because something happened afterwards wow and I I just will never forget that and so just to make it so simple 
I just want to see that old Carl that I know, like, man, he's really having fun because that's when you get the most out of him. Yep. Got to bring the joy back. Got to bring the joy back. All right, we're going to do a little joy here in the speed round. Alexi, uh, change, change the space. Be happy. Enjoy it. All right, speed round. We're quick, quick answers, no discussion. Um, we're going to do, run through a quick few of these, and then Scott's got a game for us. Speed round. First one, Luol Dang versus Gorgie Zhang. Who has the cooler name? Uh, I'll start us off. I think Zhang. Zhang has a cooler name because it's like not as easy to pronounce, and you got to like know how to nail it. <laughs> Gorgie, for sure. Gorgie. That makes three of us. G9! Which player is most likely to participate in an NBA All-Star Saturday night competition? So, skills challenge, dunk contest, three-point shootout. Is that all they do these days? I think so, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what do you think, Scott? Yeah, you go first. Uh, okay, I'll go first. I think the most likely player, I think, I, I don't know how likely this is, but this is maybe just wishful thinking. I'd really like to see Andrew Wiggins in the dunk contest, please. What if? It's not his character, but what if he thinks that, like, this is a way back and he's feeling really good this year and this is how he needs to, you know, put it all together to, I don't know, again, getting back to the whole joy angle. Maybe he just thinks he got to do something like that. Oh, my goodness, Andrew Wiggins can John? That, that would be so cool to see Wigs in the dunk contest. I, I, I would absolutely I love that. I think Cat in the three-point contest oh, is probably please, the, the please, highest please. likelihood. Yes. Uh, so I'll just say that. Yeah. I like that. I was gonna. I was gonna go with another. My girlfriend says I look good. Another three-point contest <laughs> participant, and that's Anthony Tolliver. Okay. Because I heard they do role from players. The lo- now. I heard yeah. from the Low Post podcast that he's been practicing his twenty-eight footers. Oh shoot! So if Anthony Tolliver starts the season making four or five per game, maybe he gets invited. Uh, will we hear Andrew Wiggins talk for more than two to three sentences at a time? Uh, nope. Uh, I would really like to hear a paragraph. <laughs> I just looked at our soundboard, and none of the Wiggins drops are him speaking himself. So uh, I'm going to say no. No, we don't no, have any of those. We don't know what, we don't know what he sounds like. Um, is Jimmy Butler the Lennon to Carl Anthony Towns McCartney? Um, and uh, Wiggins is obviously George Harrison. So who is Ringo? Who is Ringo? I think Jeff Teague is Ringo. Jeff Teague right now? Yeah, he's one of those guys who, if he wanted to have his own solo career, it'd be goofy and he had to have a handful of fans follow him. But he's really the least essential part of this band. Yeah, it's got. I think it's Jeff Teague. He's he's kind of you know he's he's it's not that he's bad. He's he's there. He's average. But uh, yeah, he's he's very forgettable. I think in the whole in the whole situation. Okay, not that to say Ringo's good. forgettable. It sounds good. Yeah, we're all in agreement on that one. I almost made this which Kanye West album is each of them. Have you ever gone on YouTube and been like, <laughs> no. which Game of Thrones character is each Kanye West album? There's a whole genre of like assigning Kanye West Mashing albums to each character. Um, okay, next question here. Which player will I have f- my answers for Timberwolves players? By the way, tweet that Scott. Uh, which player will fulfill Jamal? Crawford's role as the media darling veteran leader in the clubhouse this year. Who's the new who's the new, new sage vet? Is that Dang? Maybe? Luol Dang? I think that's a Or do you think like someone from la- it has to be someone from last well, year I was to like carry Ta- over? Taj would be he's always good, so I could see how You're that, in there, you tell us. He, he could carry it over, but Jamal like he he was always awesome because he's so professional and then he would share old stories from across the league and that's what always kind of drew you to him. He's like you knew you would get something real Some good. A lot of good anecdotes, but I also yeah. think like uh yeah, he had the longevity and also the willingness. I think that's part of it. It's like the guy who's yeah. willing to stick around later and talk to reporters is often the guy who the reporters love. Yeah, one time he just asked me out of the blue if I thought that this 
iteration of the Timberwolves could beat the KG Spree Cassell Wolves. And I was like, well, wow. you, why are you, you just asked me this? That's cool. <laughs> That's a great question. And I was like, I, I think you okay. guys would definitely have a fight. Let's but. stop this podcast and record it from the top. First question. <laughs> <laughs> started all over. I love it. I love wow. it. Wow. What a, what a, what but I what think if. that's how you, he draws people in is yeah. that he is very personable and fun and cool. My guess is the Walt Dane. All right, let's do let's do one more of these. Let's say which NBA player will Jimmy Butler get into a social media feud with? We just had a live on air tweet from Jimmy Butler himself. Uh, he's back on Twitter. Who do we think he might beef with? He's friends with D Wade and Melo and some of these guys. So that doesn't you know, mean he won't beef with them, right? But I'm just saying, like it, maybe there's someone within that who's like, you know, maybe one of them gets maybe like Melo gets some heat from somebody, and then Jimmy like claps back at them, you know, something like that. You know, who can we see Jimmy Butler kind of mixing it up with on on Twitter? Could be I guess, let's just say let's open up to any sort of NBA world person. It could be a reporter, could be a player, could be oh, a wow. coach, could be any, anybody who Jimmy Butler might might uh, sort of um, have a little beef with. What about what about like an old Bulls player or something like that? Would it would be well, something like that? Well, I have my answers, okay. not an old Bulls player. What you got? What you got? I'm going to say Shabazz because I think oh. Shabazz is a guy who will post on social media pumping up his own tires like, I scored 20 points this game. Awesome. And here's a photo of me. And Jimmy is going to be like, Psh, you did none of that. You couldn't even get court time with us. I think Jimmy is always more open to razzing players he knows personally. So I think yes. that's something where he knows Shabazz personally. And I think that it's one of the people he would shut down online. So it's not even like a real, like, I hate you beef, but it's just more of like someone you're going to talk junk on. I don't think he has a lot of media. I hate you beef. You're right. You he, doesn't, he doesn't really do that. He doesn't really do that very often. I don't have a good one. Who do you have, John? Uh, I think, like, any of his Marquette boys, yeah. like Crowder or Wade, or yeah, like that's he's always going to throw jabs at those guys. But I don't take that. Like that's not a beef. <laughs> yeah, him and Wade are always. You know, that. like uh, do you see after he commented on Gabriel Union's yes, pick, did. Wade was like, "Get out of her comments." <laughs> yeah, you're not coming to the barbecue. Um, I think I could see him. I could see him going after Rubio. Nice. He has yeah. already gone oh, after Rubio. He that. has an enemy oh, in Rubio. Yeah, I Crowder, think, yeah, and that's a Crowder thing too. Yeah, Marquette and the Utah beef. It's it's real. I, I the other name I was thinking about. I think I could see him getting into it with uh, Jamal Murray uh, for the Nuggets. Sure, I, I, I don't think that too. he likes Murray. Jamal when, is a guy who does stunts. Like he was gun. showing up some of the Lakers yeah. last year when he was dribbling fancy at the end of the game and stuff. He has shown up some players, and I don't think Jimmy likes him. No, at all. Jimmy doesn't oh, like that at all. all right. Jimmy's not about that. <laughs> I like that. That's a great answer. That's going right. to happen, Neil. Well, you set up this game. I'm just going to read a yes or no question for all three of us. Okay. Will Luol Dane play more minutes than Okogi and Kenta Beta Jop? Uh, combined. Combined. <laughs> combined. I'm going to say no. I think I got, again, this is probably wishful thinking. I'm a very optimistic person. I think I, I want to say that Okogi is going to find a place in the normal rotation, in the normal nine man rotation, maybe in place of Derrick Rose, uh, you know, after, you know, some things shake out. After he goes away without leave for a while, you got you got the five starters, and then you have Jones, Tolliver, and and Jang for sure for the eight, and then Rose is probably nine, and then I would say Okoji's right there for for the tenth. tenth it could spot. be Dane. That's the question. But it could be Dane. Will Dane so get more minutes. I'm going to say Okoji. I don't know why. Okoji, Okogi, Okogi. Uh, it's Okogi. Okogi. Yeah. I got. I'm gonna buck the traditional. Tom Thibodeau doesn't play as rooks, and, and say that this year is going to be a little different. And it's going to be Okogi. John, what do you think? Well, first of all, if you're trying to say Okogi, just say Hoagie. Okay, Hoagie. Or Muskogi. Josh, yeah. Muskogi. Okogi. Uh, yeah, I, I think you make some interesting points, Neil. 
I, could go either way. I don't know. I just know no promises have been made to Dang, which makes me think that like at least to start. Yeah, I, I guess I, I don't think Tibbs is going to be able to help himself. I can see that too. Luau, so I, I'll, I will say Luau. I I'm also going to say Luau. I think Okogi wow. will play 20 games max. KBD will play less than 10. Yeah. All right. So, all right. Let's time for a game. Time to play. We a game. always finish with a game, Neil. Yes, we do. I'm assuming you're putting the game music underneath this. We right got now. four questions. We got four questions for the game, and everyone can play along at home. Uh, both John and Neil have a piece of paper and a pen. Some of these are going to be write down your answers kind of things. Okay. So let's start with the first of four. Statement. Icon. Association. Oh, Which no. colors are each of these jerseys? Oh, no. So write down statement, icon, and association. And write the color of each of those jerseys next Statement, to it. Statement, icon, and association. You'd notice oh, I, I, I left out I, classic and I left out city because those were easies. Statement, icon, association. You at home know what it is? All right. I'm going to... John, let me know when you're dead, when you're good. Statement, icon, Association. We gotta have dumb names for all of our jerseys now. Association is such a weird one. Okay. All okay, right. I'm gonna. You want me to guess first? Go, Neil. All right. Statement is the one I'm sure on. That's green. Statement, bright. You're making a statement. That one's easy for me to remember. That's correct. Icon Association. I'm just straight guessing here. I don't know which one is which. I'm. I guessed that Icon was blue and Association was white. What are you looking at, John? I said the same thing. Hey. I feel good. Good. <laughs> Tied right now. Yes. All right. Three more questions. Both of you, I'm going to start the timer on my clock. You'll have 45 seconds. And in 45 seconds, I want you to name as many Timberwolves podcasts as you can. <laughs> Starting right now. Write down all the Timberwolves podcasts you can think of. As I say here before, everybody, we're not competitors. We're a community. I listen to all kinds of Timberwolves podcasts. I think you all did great works on the blogs and everything. I read them. I'm going to give attribution to them because I think you're all terrific. I think we probably have the best sound quality. There's not much I'd brag that we're the best at. We usually say we're the eighth best Timberwolves podcast. And you guys have 20 more seconds. Um, But I would say we have the best sound quality. Maybe it's us and Raised by Wolves. Raised by Wolves gets the great, uh, you know, AM 1500 studio time. I just gave both of them a name if they had read Raised by Wolves. I did have that first. I think they're the only ones who can compare to us in sound quality. So we got that. We have the better theme songs. All right. Pens down. Neil? I only got four, including the one. And I don't know the name of one of them. Okay. So we obviously have uh, Britton Brower. Correct. The best one. Is our, our favorite. favorite. How did I miss that one? Britton Brower. That's our favorite um, one. Well, it doesn't have the word wolves or timber or cast in it. So <laughs> good point. I guarantee you. I got You Betcha Basketball with John Krasinski. Okay. Is that the name of it? I think that's the name of it. It's not the name anymore, but I accept it. Uh, okay. It was the name last year. Thank you. Um, I wrote down Wolf Among Wolves because I don't know the name of their show. They just have. It's new, and they're like three episodes in, and that's the name of their show. Just straight so, up. The A Wolves Among Wolves podcast is the And then Raised By from 15 Raised By. That's four. four. You got four. John? Uh, Wolf Among Wolves. Yes. Wolves Cast. Yes. Cold Takes. But you you said Cold Takes. (laughs) Yeah, I did say Cold Takes. But also, Neil heard that. You didn't do it. Uh, I think Wolves Weekly is a podcast. Nice. Nice, I want to say it's like John Volkey, maybe. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Locked On Wolves. That's right. Oh, Locked On. Uh, The Dane Moore podcast. That's right. And Raised by Wolves. Oh, there we go. You got that one. My list that I recorded was Brit and Bauer, Wolves Cast, Wolves Radio Network, which really isn't. It's more updates, and also they tried to take our okay, name, Wolves Cast, but they didn't register our name. 
Timberwolves explosion. Whoa. <laughs> Timberwolves talk. Timberwolves cold takes. Raised by Wolves. Wolves Wired is now retired, but I put it on there in case you guys said that. All right. Locked on Timberwolves. You Betcha Basketball is now known as the John Krasinski Show. Easy enough. Yep. And uh, we had uh, The Howl. The Howl. Dunking with Wolves. The Dane Moore NBA Podcast. The El Wolf Among Wolves Podcast. And Two for One Timberwolves Podcast. And these were all podcasts that updated this year. Okay. That was my criteria. They it. had an episode in 2018. In 20, in 2018. That was my criteria. Nice. Hey, all I right. recorded a podcast this year, but it was like... 10 minutes long. Was it with me and Britt and Neil? <laughs> no, not on your guys' show. Oh, several. I just did it with a friend after we beat, we beat Dallas in Dallas because I was like, I don't want to write a recap. Let's just pod let's this. Just let's talk just about pod this. Let's pod this one out. Yeah. Slime it down. Pod it out. All right, two more questions. Let's see. Neil, you have one point. And I got one. John, John has two. two. Yep. All right, two more questions. Can you spell John Krasinski? <laughs> God dang it. <laughs> I came up with this question today because I tried to find this podcast. And three or four times, Google was like, did you mean the actor from The Office? Do you mean Jim Halpert? So to solve this so you guys don't get in trouble, because John Krasinski is one of the best podcasts you can listen to. He's dialed in. Now I feel bad. Well, I mean, you know, the thing is, you can feel bad about getting this wrong, but we're setting the record straight. And so I think AP John will know that we I already are know this is missing best. a few letters. Mine's definitely missing some. I'll start us. All right, I got K-R-A-W-Z-I-N-S-K-I. Not correct, Neil. Or uh, John? I, I'm, I'm just going to take the L on this one. I don't even <laughs> want to embarrass myself. Can you... Can I, how many how would, you, how would you guys spell John? J-O-N. J-O-N. That's correct. I only know because I'm a J-O-H-N. Okay. Krasinski is K-R-A-W. Craw. Craw. Then Zinski is C. Z. C. Wally Zerbiak style. Y. C Z Y N S K I. Okay. John Krasinski, you'll know you need that spelling because you're going to subscribe to his pod. It's great. I was, I was, I was going to spell it like that. You were closer <laughs> than Neil. So uh, we still got John up. No, he didn't say it. I, uh, I was so not I, close. I guess we had do. some letters that were correct. Okay, right. okay, okay. So it's two to one still. John is up. Here's the final question. I got a tie. Which Wolves player? Has played the most games for Tom Thibodeau. Which current Wolves with player? Wolves or, with the Wolves with, or with no, any team? No, just total. So Luol Dane counts in this. Yeah. Okay. Dane, Gibson, Butler, Rose, Rose, Aaron Brooks, Carl Anthony Towns. You tell me which one of those played the most games for Tom Thibodeau. Um, I, I am going to let's let's write them down. So and also the write one. the number of games in case we need a tiebreaker. Okay. Go ahead and write how right. many games you think that person played for. Um, gosh. Um, how many seasons? Got to factor in injuries. With all Tibbs players, you always got to factor in that injury wear and tear. Is it has applied to all of them? Also, this includes okay. playoff games, by the way, not just regular seasons. Okay. So please play. All right, my guess is Luol Deng, and I'm going to guess 350 games. John, uh, I was still working on a number. That's okay. Uh, Take your time. You're a bigger player. I'll say I'm going to go with Taj Gibson. Ah, oh, it's all right. You don't need a number. You don't need a number. I want to get. I want to get a guess. I want to get a good guess. You can guess. So, you just. Count my head real quick. 82 games. How 82. many seasons? Mr. Clean doesn't miss a lot of games. <laughs> he hasn't. Mm, How many seasons bad. with the Bulls, though? Did, did they have together? Like, well, Four or five? Tim's only coached five. 
five. Okay. Let's say, well, it's five hundred. Wow, that's really close, John. That's really that's ten away. <laughs> oh, what? Okay, here we go. Number one is Taj Gibson with four hundred and ninety games. Oh my gosh, he gets ten away. Dropping way down to number two, Jimmy Butler with three hundred and fifty-two games. Wow. Luol Dane has played two hundred and sixty-one games. Number three, yeah. Derek Rose has played two hundred and twenty-four. Carl Anthony Towns has played like 170, so he's close to close Derek to Rose, Rose already. Yeah, yeah but Amazing. Gibson, 490 games for Tibbs is by far the most. Amazing. More than 150 more than second place. Crazy. Well, fit, uh, fittingly, John wins. Our, our guest our guest wins the game here. That's why he's the editor-in-chief, everyone. That's right. He knows all the stuff. He's in there. But yeah, uh, we did all the questions. Well, mo- we didn't do all the questions. We had a lot more questions. But we'll we, fold them into a different season we had, preview. Yeah, we had, more, we had more conversation to get to about uh, right. some of those things. So, But I think it and, was... And uh, a lot of the questions we didn't get to were really stupid, like which Timberwolves player is the hardest to draw? And which and what will Andrew Wiggins' hairstyle be this year? So stuff <laughs> Neil and I... Neil and Hard-hitting I, stuff. What's going to happen is this is episode 84. This is our season precap. Yep, precap. With EIC, John. Yes. Next week or so, we'll do episode 85. It's just me and Neil. Old school style. Yeah. And then episode 86, look forward to it. Robert with an H is back with Jeopardy, uh, third annual Jeopardy Wolves cast. That's right. So we'll fold in some of the stupid questions that are really dumb into our next thing we won't waste john's time we'll find a way we'll do speed round two we'll make it up john um please tell us where people can find you on twitter and elsewhere and uh yeah let, let people know well first of all thank you guys for having me oh back. you're welcome uh, it's a pleasure. Pleasure. anytime you're I welcome i appreciate anytime. the opportunity to come on wolves cast my favorite yeah. podcast oh, thanks, you can find it you can find it on canishoopus.com you can find me at the daily wolf on twitter mm. uh tweet me whatever you want I, I like seeing uh, all different takes. Um, it really makes me think about the team a, a little bit more. So uh, we'll be we'll be uh, at Canis all season long. Yes, we will. I appreciate oh, your guys' yeah. work, and yeah. I'm ready to uh, get it going again. All right. Yeah, follow John on Twitter and uh, follow this show um, for, for the entire season. And, expect yeah. excellence from me on CanisHoopus.com right. this year. Do expect not it. expect consistency, <laughs> but expect excellence. <laughs> yes, we got lots coming for you this season. Thanks for joining us today on Wolf's Cast. Go Wolves.